And so um, I that that became a kind of a motivation for me to do um, well or like you know um, exceed or um, exceed other students or my peers uh, in terms of English. So. That was from a conversation that I had in an interview with a Japanese speaker, native Japanese speaker, and student of mine, Atsuko. You'll hear her story of how she went to the United States as a little child, spent about a, half, a year and a half there, and then moved back to Japan and follow her along on her journey and her story in the beginning of her language learning journey. She'll also give some tips uh, that helped her mentally and technically as far as learning English. And I'd like to share those with you now in this episode 14, because this isn't just English. This is more than English. Let's go. So very well, let's get started. Yeah, sure. Okay. So this is a podcast basically on, well, it's called the More Than English Podcast. And I, oh, okay. like to, I like to talk with students. I like to give my own advice for learning in general and talk to people who have learned English about their process. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? So okay. why don't you start with how you started learning English and why? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason why I started English, studying English was um, when I was six years old, my father suddenly decided to study abroad. And he made up his mind and um, he decided to go to um, the United States for two years. Actually, originally it was a one-year plan, but um, he decided to extend another, for another year. Uh, so, like, I was with him for one year and um, I think eight months or so in the United States, living together with my father, uh, because I was still small and um, my parents didn't want to leave me here um, back home alone. So I was actually brought together with my mom and followed my father later on um, and joined him in the United States. And at that time, I didn't know even A, B, C to Z. So um, that was my first encounter with English in a very, uh, um, how can I say, it was it was not my um, desire or my, you know, it was against my will actually, and oh, really? I didn't want How old to. Were you? Like six. Yeah, six years old, and I just had started my elementary school, and I just uh, made, I had just made many friends, mm. and you know, was like enjoying my, <laughs> um, I think, five or six months um, in the first grade. And then suddenly, in, yes, in Japan. And um, suddenly I had to go to the United States together with my parents. Um, so, and I actually didn't go to any international school or a Japanese school. I just went to a kind of local elementary school. A normal elementary school. Yes. So, 
as you can imagine, you know, I can't, I can't speak even ABC, and you know, I can't understand what people are talking about. And um, yeah, so for for the first for the first year, um, I couldn't speak or I couldn't um, uh, understand, comprehend any anything that you know people or teachers or you know students were talking about. But from the second year, things gradually changed, and I started um, understanding several phrases or keywords. And um, uh, through facial expression, I was able to like communicate. <laughs> um, I can't imagine and, it took that long as a six-year-old, right? Well, because it's well, I didn't have any background or I didn't have any foundation. So nowadays in Japan, you know, children start studying English, you know, like um, starting with alphabets uh, at around like, you know, four years old or, you know, five years old. Like they, people have started, you know, um, uh, having their children study English at a very early age. But back then I, I was um, born and raised in a kind of very remote rural area of Japan. <laughs> And, you know, there were no um, gaijin, um, which is, uh, you know, a Japanese expression for foreigners. <laughs> and so um, everyone, you know, yeah, so um, I, I, I didn't have any background at all. And so um, it took me almost a year, I think, almost a year for me to start, like, communi start com communicating with um, other people. And... Then after I finished um, living in the United States, then we came back to Japan and went back to my, you know, remote rural area hometown and um, restarted my elementary school back there, uh, there and then um, uh, went to the junior high and high school. How and did that feel I going back then? Did you make friends, uh, any close friends in the United States that you didn't really want to go back or were you ready to go back? Mm. Actually, I had very close friends and um, uh, quite a few. And they had, they were, you know, for example, like one was from um, Iceland, the other from, was from um, Russia. Uh, and, you know, there were, it was a kind of very diverse community. And um, I had made many friends with, um, like the, all, all of them were Americans, but um, maybe like third generation or fourth generation Americans. So um, they had a kind of very diverse background. That was, uh, you know, a very good um, um how can I say like, like stimuli for me oh, right. yeah like yeah yeah and I learned a lot and I missed that environment um I missed that uh lifestyle uh when I had to go back to Japan but actually you know my grandparents were waiting for me in Japan so I was ready to go back right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah and I missed the Japanese food and you know um two like did you even at that half. young age even yeah like age, yeah like I, I well I, well now I don't drink any coke but when I was living in the States, I was living co co I, I was drinking Coke um, every day. 
Mm. And, you know, eating um, McDonald's mm. and those kind of things, um, which I do not eat at all right now. <laughs> so, di- you know, diet and, you know, um, uh, lifestyle changes, you know, depending on where you are living um, and with whom you are living. And so, yeah, it was a kind of very interesting experience for me. And when I came back to Japan, I, it was a kind of rural area, so I didn't have any English teacher available. And so um, I, di- I didn't study English or I didn't... You didn't follow me- up on it. I, I didn't follow up on it at all. And I, I think I didn't communicate in English for years <laughs> and throughout the elementary school year uh, period. And um, when I went uh, went to started my junior high school, um, one of the mandatory curricula or you know um, classes, uh, yeah, classes is English. And so I started, you know, once again from ABC, and then you know um, memorized many uh, words and idioms, and um, yeah, studied grammars for the first time. Because you know, when I was in the United States, you know, no one would you know teach me grammar. No. Because it's their native language or mother tongue, so um, no one taught me grammar. So it was my first experience to be taught English grammar at school. I really enjoyed it, and to some extent, I had a kind of a like kind of a pride or something that well, I lived in the United States for one year and a half, and so you know I should do well with English. Did that end up? Uh, let me guess, that ended up hindering your progress, didn't it? No, did it actually. actually yeah, it helped or it actually accelerated. Okay. And so um, I tried to um, spare more, spend more time on English compared to, for example, Japanese language or like, you know, um, uh, natural science, etc. And so um, English became my um, uh, favorite. Okay. Uh, and you yeah, probably favorite, had that uh, foundation and that... Um like that experiential connection. Yeah, I think so. Um, to some extent, my, I lost my speaking capability almost um, 100% when I came back to Japan because I didn't practice at all. But my listening capability still um, remained or like, I don't know how to express this, but um, somehow my ears remembered yeah, the English. Back, <laughs> so, right? It's kind of like yes, muscle it, memory, it, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's kind of a muscle memory, and um, it's, well, somehow my um, mouth muscle, like, um, you know, like speaking muscle, uh, didn't come back, but um, because I think um, I didn't, I hadn't developed speaking ability that much back then, because it was only a kind of six-year-old girl, you know, talking to, you know, your, their, you know, her friends, and, you know, just... Like, it, it's not a kind of a sophisticated conversation at all. No, not and even so, for native speakers, right? It's just <laughs> no, talk. no, yeah, it, it's just a kind of girl talk. And so um, I think I, first of all, I hadn't developed my um, speaking capability that much back then in the United States. So, um, but um, my listening capability had developed to a kind of certain level, 
in the United States. So um, it was easy for me to regain or, um, yeah, like, um, uh, like, I don't know, like a re... It came back. Mm, yeah, it came back, like, yeah, like, like I, I was able to... It or re regain it, kind of. Yeah, regained my listening capability. So, yeah, I think that that was a kind of an advantage I had. And so, you know, I knew I had, uh, I was aware of that advantage. So there was no excuse for me if I failed English or something. Yeah. And so um, I, that, that became a kind of a motivation for me to do um, well or like, you know, um, exceed or um, exceed other students or my peers. Uh, in terms of English, so yeah, that's uh, a yeah. that shows good character, and that it's fortunate that you found interest in it too. That's a big thing because uh, if it mm -hmm. were just a subject, you know, there's it could go one of two ways. When you have that foundation, you can kind of think, "Oh, I have this," and then you don't study mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you kind of have it in the back of your mind. Mm. I know English. I have this background. And then you kind of take it easy, and then other students mm. kind of surpass you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's So I think it's a tricky thing. And actually, to be honest, uh, my English capability was not that high uh, when I joined the junior high school because I, if I had continued studying English and if there was such a kind of environment in my hometown, then I could have become, yeah, you know, English, like I can speak in English fluently, you know, there's nothing I can, I, I need to study, you know, in class, uh, you know, this is a kind of elementary school level back in the United States, etc. Then, you know, that kind of arrogance could have hindered my progress. But um, actually, I wasn't there. <laughs> actually, I wasn't that level. So, you know, I had to like s study all those words and phrases. There were so many and I hadn't studied grammar. And so and also I had to um, learn the pronunciation. Um, uh, how do you call it? Like pronunciation. Um, in intonation. Uh, no, um, there's a there's Phonetics. a certain way to yeah, like there's a certain way like when you look up the dictionary, there's a kind of certain way to express the pronunciation, describe the pronunciation. So the phonemic those script. kinds of yeah, like that, that kind of script. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have to study those um, phonetic scripts uh, so that I can master the correct uh, pronunciation. Mm. And so many native, um, well, many um, uh, Japanese students who had spent, um, who spent, you know, th most of their junior high or high school and elementary school in the United States, for example, cannot read those um, uh, scripts. Script. Yes. Many native they... speakers can't either. Actually, I'd say <laughs> no native speakers can unless they're an English teacher. <laughs> really. I think so because you know I I didn't I wasn't um, that um, uh, how can I say it like I I wasn't that fluent or I wasn't I was far from you know um, 
those um, native speakers or bilingual students. Sure. And so um, I had to study those scripts and look up the dictionary and, and did those help? Uh, learn well, by myself. Actually, I'd like to get to you the I do have a question about your pronunciation a little later, actually. Mm -hmm. I plan to get into mm -hmm. that because your pronunciation is so good. So I want to ask you. about that specifically. <laughs> There you have it. That was part one of my interview with Atsuko. And what do you think? She sounds pretty native, doesn't she? I bet if I didn't tell you that she was a native Japanese speaker, you probably wouldn't have guessed that, would you have? So I hope you could find inspiration in that. And I hope you enjoyed listening to her story. Well, the first part of her story as she talked about her move to the United States as a girl, as a young girl, what that was like, and then moving back. So she obviously had very good pronunciation, and she gave a lot of natural kind of expressions and vocabulary. And that's what I'd like to take a look at right now. So let's analyze those vocabulary words and the expressions that she used to help you understand and follow a little bit better. And let's do that right now. So this was a little longer of an episode, so let's get right into these expressions and words. Most of these are expressions. There are some vocabulary words, but most of these are expressions for you to take with you and practice in your own speaking. Practice these so they can become a part of your vocabulary and a part of your English, just like they're a part of her English. And they're a part of my English, right? So the first expression, to make up your mind. To make up your mind. And you can follow this by to verb or Follow it up with about, to make up your mind about something or to make up your mind to do something. And that just means to make a final decision, to have a final decision and to land on it, to make up your mind. In the podcast, she talked about her father. And if you'll remember, she said he made up his mind and decided to study abroad. He made up his mind. Next, against my will. Against my will. To do something against your will is to do something you don't want to, right? To do something reluctantly. If you do something against your will, you don't want to do it, but you're kind of forced by circumstance or, you know, an authority figure or something like that, right? She said, it wasn't my desire to go to the United States, right? It was against my will, actually. Notice that fluency builder. Actually, it goes at the end of the sentence here. Mind blown. <laughs> against my will. Against my will. It was against my will, actually. Next, what you're talking about. To understand what somebody is talking about is 
you know, to understand somebody. I don't know what you're talking about, right? That's an expression. I don't know what you're talking about. But she said, I could finally understand what they were talking about. Remember the little girl who could finally understand the people, her friends, and, and all of this, right? To understand what they're talking about. Next, back then. She said, back then. Back then is the way something was in the past, right? If you want to look it up, look up on YouTube. If you want to listen to a country song, Tim McGraw, back then. Or is it back when? But you can find that. Tim McGraw, back when. And he talks about the way things were in the past, right? And that's what back then is. She said... Nowadays, Japanese children start learning English at a very early age. But back then, in the past, back then, I was raised in a very remote area, a rural area. Rural just means like country, basically. Back then. Use this one. It's useful when talking about the past. Next, quite a few. Quite a few. This is a way to just say many, right? Quite a few. I asked her if she made friends, and she said, I had some very close friends. Quite a few, actually. So that kind of brings it above some to quite a few. It's more than some. Not quite as many, many, but it's more than some. Quite a few. Quite a few. To miss something. To miss something is to wish you had it. Right? I missed that lifestyle, but my grandparents were waiting for me. I missed that lifestyle in the United States, right? That lifestyle, certain things. I missed that lifestyle. If you miss somebody, I miss you. I wish you were here. I wish I had you in my arms. I miss you. Right? How about all week long? We drop podcasts every Thursday. When I don't drop podcasts, do you miss me? You can check me out on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Sweet Academy. You can find me there. That way you don't have to miss me. <laughs> anyway... Moving on. Not at all. Not at all. I hope this wasn't your answer to if you miss me. <laughs> Do you miss me? Not at all. Oh my goodness. Because that means zero. No. None. In the podcast, she said, I don't drink Coke at all now. I drink zero Coke at all. To not do something at all. That's very useful and very common. Learn this one. Not at all means zero. To some extent, it means a little. A little of something in some way, right? She said, to some extent, I had some pride because I lived in the United States. To some extent, to some extent, 
This is a good expression to learn to some extent. To some extent, I had some pride because I lived in the United States. In some way, a little bit, right? To some extent. To hinder. This is a good vocabulary word. To hinder something means to block it from happening. Or to slow something down. Right? I said, did that hinder your progress? Meaning, did that stop your progress? Did that block your progress? To hinder. To, to hinder. And if you want to continue more, to hinder something from happening. That's the preposition that would follow. To hinder something from happening. You say it with me. To hinder something from happening. Next is a vocabulary word to have muscle memory. Your muscle memory is something that you've done so many times that your body kind of remembers how to do it, right? We have this if we've done any sports for a long period of time, right? If you've played football or you've played baseball or you've thrown a ball so many times that your body, even if you stop doing it and you start again, your body kind of remembers how to do it. That's how our mouth has such good pronunciation speaking our language because it's just been doing it so many times. It has muscle memory. If you've done something so many times, your body remembers how. It has muscle memory. And finally, if something is tricky, it's an adjective and it means something is difficult and a bit confusing. It's tricky. If someone does a trick on you, they make you believe something that's not true. Right? She said, so it's a tricky thing. It's a difficult thing. It's a confusing thing. Tricky is somewhere in between difficult and confusing, actually. So these are 11 words for, and expressions that you could take and learn and use, right? I hope you use these in conversations, whether you have classes with me, classes with another teacher, or you have friends and you're living abroad. Practice these. That's the best way to get them in your mind and in your mouth, right? You want to ultimately get these in your mouth to practice them and to practice that muscle memory. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Speaking of classes, you can sign up for with me for a one-on-one -on -one English lesson. Go to sweetacademy.com slash services and you'll be able to see a one-on-one -on -one lesson sign up. You could sign up for an hour, a 60-minute lesson, a 30-minute lessons, or if you've seen my lessons on YouTube, you can sign up for a lesson to go uh, to have the pieces go up on YouTube. And these lessons are at a discounted price because, I mean, you're helping me. I'm helping you. One hand kind of washes the other. So I thought I should offer you a discount if you'd like to sign up for this one. If not, I always invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I would appreciate that. 
youtube.com slash sweetacademy. You can find that at sweetacademy.com, in fact, and tell a friend if you think that they could benefit. So I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to seeing you. There's a lot of cool stuff coming on in Sweet Academy in the near, near future, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Don't forget to subscribe here, wherever you're listening to it, iTunes, Android, Anchor, most places where you'll get I you'll be able to see podcasts. You'll be able to see them here. Don't forget sweetacademy.com slash podcast. You can also see our vocabulary words uh, to help you learn them even more. And you can download the PDF and follow along with those and practice. That's it for me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it as always. And remember, do something nice for somebody before they do it for you. That is paying it forward. Be good or be good at it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.